All right, y'all, here we go. Episode four. I want to share from a vulnerable place today, from a humble place and a broken part of me and Taylor's story. Um, we're excited to share, but also uh, just been in prayer and seeking the Lord before we started recording here, just asking God to use our pain and use our disappointment to make a difference for someone. So uh, I want to thank everybody who has uh, reached out, who's already rated and, and subscribed to the podcast, all the texts, phone calls, emails. The feedback has been amazing. Uh, please keep that up. Uh, we need your encouragement. Uh, we feel like the Lord has uh, asked us to really open wide and to share as vulnerably as we know how to uh, different parts of our story. So hope you enjoyed talking about uh, conviction and pray that uh, brought you some clarity between conviction and condemnation in last week's episode. Today, we want to share a deeper part of our story um, about when God says no and explore disappointment and walking through that, uh, dealing with unanswered prayer, uh, navigating some of those heart issues, uh, share parts of our story and just kind of how we have uh, continued to walk with the Lord uh, through pain, through disappointment, um, through really just having the right response when God says no. So our uh, text for this episode is in Luke 22. And in verse 42, Jesus is uh, knelt down in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's away from the disciples. And when he prays, he says, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And it goes on, Luke describes that Jesus was in so much agony, praying fervently that his sweat became like drops of blood falling down on the ground. And um, just such a, an interesting and intimate picture of Jesus praying. And we obviously know, if you've heard the gospel story, that God told Jesus no. I mean, he did ask as the Son of God, if you're willing remove this cup from me, but we know that the cup, uh, Jesus had to drink it. He had to go to the cross and be betrayed and crucified, but that wasn't the end of the story. And so I think it's important when discussing uh, times when God says no to first understand that if the Lord told Jesus no, uh, surely there are going to be times when he tells us no. And it's worth saying that if God never tells you no, if you're uh, never um, forbidden or uh, restricted from doing things that you want to do uh, in life and in your walk. Uh, you, quite literally, you might just be deceiving yourself and yeah. following yourself. You, you might be your own God. Yeah. So part of the journey of faith and walking with the Lord is um, hearing that no and yielding to that no. But that's easy to do, easy to say, um, a lot harder to do and to actually walk out. So we've just been reflecting on some of the times in our life when God has said no. Um, how do we navigate that? Um, another biblical example would be Paul had a thorn in his flesh. He called it a messenger mm -hmm. of Satan in 2 Corinthians 12. And it says he asked the Lord three times 
take this from me? And, and obviously the answer was no. And he said it was because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation that God had permitted it uh, to keep him humble. And so I do think there are times when God tells us no, and it's for humility, and it's to humble us. But I also want to interject into the conversation that God delights in answering our prayers that he loves hearing us pray. He's a good father. He's trustworthy. Um, So these are very difficult, uh, tension-filled moments and areas that we're trying to walk into with grace and trying to share our story. So I just want to thank anyone who's listening for being gracious as we kind of flesh this out live and uh, share uh, the journey of dealing with Uh, God saying no and God not answering our prayers, um, you know, for good things, not for selfish things. But Mm -hmm. um, Taylor, how does this hit you? Yeah, I mean, just a few weekends ago at our father's house, I preached on hope and hoping in the Lord and that, you know, we carry this tension of hoping in the Lord and trusting that he knows what is best for us. And um, just to catch you up in our story, if you don't know, I had um, severe endometriosis, had my first surgery when I was only 18 years old. Um, By the time Paul and I were married at 20 years old, I had had two surgeries. Um, We went on to be pretty much forced into trying to have a baby before we really felt like ready because it was like, well, it's now or never. If you don't have a child now, you might not ever get to have a child. So which side note, you're never really ready. True. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of an illusion feeling ready for kids as well. You just get ready and God will help you. But yeah. So we started trying, but we were unable to get pregnant. So then we started down the fertility treatment journey, which was exhausting (laughs) if you know anyone going through fertility treatment pray for them it is just like so emotionally and physically exhausting it's a roller coaster of up and downs it is and it's really consuming Mm -hmm. um it consumes your life in a very strange way um and it's super costly yeah so then we the it didn't work i ended up having another surgery Uh, um would have been my third surgery uh, at that time. September yeah. of 2016. After that, by the grace of God and a total miracle, we were able to get pregnant without any fertility treatment. Um, we just, like, literally there's no other answer other than the Lord was gracious mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. And then um, only, like, a year 12 or 13 months after we had our first, we got pregnant with our second. And um, just so grateful. And um, being pregnant actually, like, prevents this disease from growing. It's super interesting how that works. So it's almost like a treatment for it. So at this point, I'm pregnant for the second time and, like, healthier than I've been in years. Years and years. And... um, Then we have our second, and uh, we're just so grateful for the gifts that the Lord has given us and so full of faith that um, he's my healer and he's my provider and that he, you know, 
I always say that David, our first, was a promise fulfilled and that Daniel, our second little boy, was um, my proof that God is an extravagant gift giver that he gives above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And uh, not long after Daniel was born, you know, we're enjoying him as a little boy and about nine or ten months after he's born we start trying again because we know that our window is short to have babies because the doctor had told us at our my third surgery that we needed to have as many kids as we could as fast as we could because I needed to have a hysterectomy and really that it would be a miracle if we could even have kids yes um but not to waste any time and so we're trying again and I'm just so full of faith I mean he's done it twice why wouldn't he do it again and so we're trying and nothing's working I end up having another surgery in April of 2021 Mm -hmm. and yeah late March late March and that surgery was not successful at all it didn't help with my pain even for a day (laughs) And um, after that, we went to a specialist in Nashville, Tennessee, and we had to make, like, the heart-wrenching decision of do we keep trying or do we accept? Do we have a fifth surgery? A fifth surgery, pay more tens of thousands of dollars and keep trying and keep trying. And, you know, Paul finally just said to me, like, at what point do we take this as the Lord is saying no? And in my heart, I was just like, no, that is not an option. That cannot be what the Lord is saying. I think it was just really painful for me. Um, You know, Obviously, one of my great desires as your husband is to um, see you happy, see you flourishing. Um, And so I really entered into a deep tension in my soul of feeling a peace from God that he had given us David and Daniel and that um, this chapter of trying to have children was closing and that God was going to open up the avenue of adoption when the time was right. But also, you know, I had my own pain, my own disappointment, my own, um, you know, this is what we were praying and believing for, and it's clearly not happening. And then all of that with you was just so hard to witness your heartbreak and to see um, just how crushed and how crushing the whole process was. you know, I think we did eventually opt for the hysterectomy, um, and we chose to do that, believe that was what the Lord was leading. Um, I think the the great disappointment through it was that um, we really believed, uh, because this was um, Taylor's mother's story, that the hysterectomy was going to bring relief from chronic pain. And that was in August of 2021, and it's January of 2023, and um, Taylor is still in chronic pain post-hysterectomy. We know that her 
uh, body has been to hell and back and suffered so much and um, you can only have operations on the same parts of your body um, you know before you pay a steep price and so um, I think the the emotional weight of uh, that loss and walking through that and honestly still carrying it even now I mean um, the pain in our hearts right now is very real um, and so you know I, I think it, it started a, a deeper wrestle of how do you reconcile um, you know, faith and, and believing in the promises and also, you know, trusting in the Lord and believing that um, he's God and that, you know, he's faithful. I think also, too, like wrestling through, like, because we're disappointed, does that mean we're ungrateful yeah. for David and Daniel? And I don't believe the answer is yes. I, you know, we feel very grateful, um, extremely blessed. You know, we have friends and people that um, were in a similar situation that uh, ultimately did not have children of their own. Um, so, you know, we, we count our blessings, but we also had to wrestle through the pain of dealing with that no and, and walking uh, into that closed door. Where this is where I feel like we can get into Christianese sayings and like I'm not going to actually deal with the pain in my heart and I'm going to slap a bible verse on it that actually doesn't really mean that much to me but I can't be honest with where I'm really at which in turn means I never actually get any healing right and and I don't grieve properly yeah so my cup of grief is still totally full because I haven't actually taken the time to work through it with the father with the comforter um not long after the hysterectomy, I actually had a dream. And in the dream, a woman came to me and said, what was the most painful part about the hysterectomy? And I knew what she was saying was like it to your heart. What was the most painful part to your heart? And I said, oh, not being able to have more biological children for sure. And the woman responded and said, really? And when that happened, I like recognized in the dream that the woman represented the Holy Spirit. And without any thought at all, I responded and said, no, the most difficult part was knowing that the Lord could have healed me and he chose not to. And when I woke up, I was like, what on earth? Like that answer of I can't have more biological children is what I would have answered. But the Lord knew my heart better than I even knew my heart. And he was helping me to see that my heart was hurting so deeply because I knew I had high faith that the Lord could heal me, yes. that he could give us more children, but he chose not to. And he revealed that to my heart so we could work through it together. He doesn't expect us not to have emotion and not to have disappointments, but where do we go with those? Do we build a wall between us and the Father or do we allow him into those disappointments so we can work through them mm -hmm. together? Yeah, I think there, I really believe there are only two kinds of people in the world that you could separate all people into two classes. Uh, one party would be uh, those that have allowed their pain to be a barrier between them and God because we all have pain. And then there are those that allow their pain to be a bridge to God. And I think, you know, when God says no, um, it's meant to be a bridge. It's meant to be an invitation. Um, you know, the seasons or the times or the answers 
of the father saying no, or really, uh, we have to draw closer. We have to draw nearer. We have to go lower. We have to um, kneel and bow uh, in our hearts um, in an even greater and deeper way because it requires more trust. And, um, you know, if you're just getting everything you want all the time, um, you know, that, that doesn't really require faith. And so uh, we, we believe that faith in its purest form is confidence in the character and nature of God. It's trusting that God is who he says he is. And so, um, you know, even when God says no, I believe there are certain doors that we should not open ever. Um, we should not question the the goodness of God. Yeah. We should not entertain any conversation that accuses the integrity of God, the, the kind intentions of God. I mean, that's what the enemy loves to do is distort the character and nature of God. And, and when you're in pain and you're suffering, um, this is a word of wisdom that uh, came to me actually when I was a teenager um, that I've really held on to. But um, I, I would encourage you that if you're suffering, um, now's not the time to make a theology. Uh, now's not the time to um, try to come up with some justification for your situation or some reasoning. Uh, if you're in pain and you're hurting, then just hurt and just grieve. But you have to get vulnerable with God. You have to be humble and open and transparent with Him. Yeah. Uh, you can give the short answer to other people, but God knows what's really in your heart. He knows the difficulty and the pain and the loss, and he wants to walk with us through that. I, I believe that when God says no, it's because in his grand plan, in his greater picture, because the Lord sees the end from the beginning, that even in saying no, that there's a greater good, there, there's a, a greater glory that he's bringing to his name. And that's hard because we want our prayers answered. We want things to happen on our timeline. We want what we want. And when what we want conflicts with what God wills, then um, we're going to lose and because his will is going to be done. And uh, that requires surrender and sacrifice and trust in um, really tender, really painful, but really honest ways that can lead us to health if we allow the disappointment to be a bridge and to take us before the throne of grace. Yeah, for sure. And I just think we have to humble ourselves enough to know that he knows best. You know, I look back over my life and honestly, if the Lord would have healed me really early on and I wouldn't have walked through the crushing of chronic pain, of struggling to have children, of losing our ability to have more natural children... I think it would have turned into pride in my heart. I think when other people weren't healed right away, I would have thought, like, you just need to have more faith. Like, come on, he wants to heal you. It's his will. Jesus died for this. And all those things are true. But I think I would have taken it on as if I had done something right. Mm -hmm. Like, I fasted enough. I prayed enough. I did something enough to earn my healing. Yeah which is just not true and not possible. And the Lord has used this illness to really, really crush me, but in a beautiful way and humble me. And I feel 
closer to the Father than I ever have before and more reliant on him than ever before because I've walked through enough this so far in our in my life to see that like I can't do this without him mm-hmm. well and, and if the enemy can trick you and get you to believe that you had something to do with it right exactly. I, I mean it's like yep. a move of God starts happening in a yep. church and we want to lay hands on it or we want you know this yep. happened to me because I prayed yep. fasted I you know mm-hmm. and of course God honors faith and he hears our prayers and you know we do move his heart but I think if the enemy can trick us into believing that um, you know, is because of us, even if it's in some small way, mm-hmm. then we can take credit for it. And yes. then we're really, really close to touching the Lord's glory. Yeah. And he said in Isaiah, I will not share my glory with another. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just could write a book on all the things the Lord has taught me through this season. You will. Okay. <laughs> and exposed in my heart, just like wrong thinking and misunderstanding of the father and that, you know, I long for a painless process and all these different things. And that I really, you know, used to view the father as a far off God that was almost just like a coach that was like, come on, you can do it, but wasn't intimately involved in my life. And through this season, I've been able to see these wrong thinking patterns and to see the father rightly Mm -hmm. and to, um, see him as near and close to the brokenhearted and um, that he has never left me a day in my life. And yeah, I just, I (laughs) would not trade all of this for anything because it has brought me closer to the father, which I mean, what more are we living for? Yeah. Well, honey, I I just sense by the spirit that there are going to be some people that are really in a tender place through listening to this and um, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit has opened up the hearts of our listeners uh, perhaps maybe to process some things or um, just to trust the Lord in a greater way so I think it would be beautiful if you prayed and um, just ask the Lord to, to help those who may be listening those who may be experiencing a closed door or um, God saying no Father, we thank you that you say that you are near to the brokenhearted. Yes, Lord. We thank you that your word shows us over and over that you are faithful, that you're never changing, and that you're always good. So, Father, we stand on those promises that you are who you say you are. Jesus, I just pray that your peace that passes understanding would wash over people as they're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Father, that you would expose the voice of the enemy that is accusing you. Yes, Lord. That you would shed a light on the truth of who you are. That people would take a stand. That they would take their thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And that they would say, Jesus, you are good. Mm. You are good. You are good. I am not getting off of this. I am not going to accuse you one more minute. I submit my life to you. Yes, Lord. I lay my life back on the altar because you are worthy of a life laid down. And I say that I trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my spouse's life. I trust you with my children's lives. Jesus, 
We love you so much. We love you, Lord. You are so worthy. Mm-hmm. So worthy. So worthy. Mm. We love you, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all, thank you for listening. and pray this blesses someone. Also just want to thank all our friends and family for the way that y'all have supported us and walked with us through this journey. Uh, the pain is, is still fresh even today and um, just so grateful for the, the wonderful uh, men and women and people around us that uh, love us and that care. And uh, guys, if this episode touches your heart, would you share it um, and send it to someone maybe who needs to hear it and be encouraged. Uh, Thanks again for all the feedback. We love y'all. If you want uh, more information about our Father's House, you can go to ourfathershouse.com and check out the church there. You can also follow us, Taylor and I, Paul and Taylor Johnson. We're on Facebook and Instagram would love to connect with you if uh, we haven't already. God bless you all and uh, go forward in faith and trust the Lord even when he says no. And y'all, somebody encourage Taylor to write that book, okay?